Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about the Colorado Supreme Court decision. We talked about pardoning Trump. And then we talked about Chris Christie. Here's the show. I have gotten, uh, I get my blood up a little bit sometimes and I'm on the phone with reporters. And so I've been quoted in a couple major news publications, both Ooh. the Washington Post and the New York Times. Uh, somehow I became the, like, there's like, they drew it these stories. They do these stories about like, the chorus grows louder for people who want Chris Christie to drop out. And then somehow I'm the one quoted in there as though I'm leading this chorus, but I'm not. Uh, I just, when they this called and said, the sausage gets made. Somebody yeah. decides I'm going to write a piece about how there's a chorus for people to call in. And what they do is they then call people and ask them to comment about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's the chorus. They've, yeah. pretty, they've assembled the choir. And like in the first one that I think it was the Washington Post, I was just like, I was, be, you know, I was kind of pissy. And they were like, uh, well, why do you think, um, there was like, why do you think Chris Christie won't drop out? And I was like, I don't know, because time's a flat circle and we're just destined to <laughs> repeat beat for beat everything that happened in the 2016 election. And now he's just going to criticize Nikki Haley uh, and make sure that she can't win. You know, and I was just like kind of shouting about it. And then that ended up being my quote. Did they quote uh, you in all caps? No, but that would have been great. Uh, and then I don't know what I said to The New York Times. So it was equivalent if he should he should drop out. And and. The thing is, this is one where now um, it's at, I'm in tension with a lot of my friends again, because the difference between Nikki Haley uh, and Chris Christie is that Chris Christie, for whatever you think about him from before, like I argue with Tim about this because Tim really holds a grudge on Christie. Uh, and do you too? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't really hold grudges against anybody. I'm a very live and let live kind of guy, Sarah. Oh my Sarah. God. I've never heard you I just say like a, to it's meet Christmas, JBL. Are. Don't tell lies. Don't tell lies. I just like to take people as they are. Uh huh. Okay. You have never met somebody who, <laughs> with, with the grudge keeping of you. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just, I think Chris Christie has been terrific. This, um, I mean, you know, he, he, I, I can I can quarrel with some things, um, but he has been the clearest of the truth tellers. Um, in fact, he's been the only truth teller. I mean, Asa, I guess, yeah, you know, whatever. but he's the only one who's managed to stay on stage, prosecute yeah. the case, raise enough money, you know, get a little bit just enough in the polls to be viable. Um, but like Chris Christie cannot win a Republican primary. His negatives are super high, including in the state where he is currently polling the best, which is at 10 percent, which is New Hampshire, which is filled with uh, independents uh, who can uh, vote um, in the New Hampshire primary. And that is why it is a state for your Nikki Haley's and your Chris Christie's. Now, I've done my own polling in that state. um, And one of the things we know and other people confirm this is that most of Christie's support, if he drops out, goes to Haley. Now, Nikki is really having a little bit of a rush in New Hampshire. There was a, a one that I thought was just a little bit implausible yesterday that had her just to four points from Trump, four points away. But there was another one that had her at 30 and Trump at 44, which I think is much closer to the truth. And if she picked up Chris Christie's 10 percent, um, she is in a real knife fight with Trump. And the thing is, is that I think, so somebody asked the question today, a good faith question of, well, but what if he stays through Iowa, drops out before New Hampshire and endorses her? Isn't that, isn't that better? Or doesn't that work? 
And the reason I don't think it does is I think she will be helped in Iowa. So the, from the focus groups, if you go back and listen to my conversation with Wit, one of the main – there's voters are actually like, yeah, Nikki's okay. I don't hate her the way that they hate Pence and Christie or whatever. She seems put together, whatever. She's not going anywhere, though. Like, it's she's kind of establishment. She's kind of a rhino. Like, they're not nasty about it, but they don't take her seriously. Um, and so I think one of her big hurdles is not – everybody's kind of talking about, like, well, you should have an electability argument for her. And they mean electability against Biden. And I think there needs to be an electability argument against Trump, that she can win somewhere. And so if she pulls ahead or even in a state like New Hampshire – and she looks viable, that gives her an opportunity to come in second in Iowa, still probably a distant second, but like DeSantis is is now sort of dropping like a stone. She comes in, over overperforms in Iowa as second, wins in New Hampshire, and then I think it's a tough one for her to win in South Carolina, but it is the only path. Like her only path, and this is the only thing you can do is change momentum going into South Carolina where suddenly people are like, man, like this is the theory. This is anybody's theory of the case who has a theory of the case is that people are like, Trump's got all these legal issues, which I don't think anybody cares about. But, um, you know, and like maybe he's going to be in, you know, in jail by the time the general election happens. And uh, she wins New Hampshire. She's all the headlines are about her. And suddenly she starts to get really competitive. Now, I don't think anybody who's taken a peek at the Super Tuesday states can look at that scenario and be like, hmm, that seems likely. But it's not impossible, okay? It's not impossible. It's got a 7% chance. So I, the question is then, do you call on Christy to drop out so that Nikki has that path? Or on the flip side, do you say, even if Nikki Haley makes a bit of a run for it here, Ultimately, what she does is carves out 20 to 25 percent of the normies for herself, and then she can't beat Trump, so she drops out and endorses him, thereby building the permission structure for normies to go ahead and support Trump, right? And she gets to be uh, the secretary of the State Department. Um, And uh, what is that? She gets to be secretary of state. And she, like, she cuts a deal. And a bunch of donors go, oh, Nikki's going to be Secretary of State. Well, that's good. That, that that's, that's a solid hand on things. And everybody decides then to support Trump and, uh, you know, gets treated like a normal candidate by all the Republicans. That's a scary scenario. Super scary. And also a much higher percentage chance that that scenario happens yeah. than that Nikki gets a real run at it. But let me hold on. I just going to finish my math. Though, no, please. I love it. Because I still come down on the side of Christy should drop out and endorse Haley. And here's why. And it's because of a different percentage calculation, which is. If there is any percent chance that somebody could take out Trump in the primary, I think we have to take it. I just do. I. I and I, it would it would. It would go against literally everything that I believe I know about voters from having listened to them all these years for them to go for Nikki Haley. But I think Christy, you know, taking shots at Trump, I, I don't I just I don't think it's helping enough. And I think Nikki making a real race out of it is important.
But I'm I'm open for debate on this. This is what I believe. I do think he should drop. Because part of me, too, is just like a little annoyed with some of the like, no, I'm just going to, you know, I, like he did this before. Right. Yep. He craters the only other viable alternative against Trump. And I understand that that the viability now is even lower than last time. But I don't know. I think he's got to do it. What do you think? It's not crazy. So everything you just laid out makes sense. And I, I that as a judgment is a totally reasonable judgment. I probably come down on the other side of it for the following mm-hmm. reasons. Um, I think that Haley's chances with Christie dropping out and endorsing her are still like one in a hundred, not like seven percent. Right. If it was if if I thought she had a one in five chance of beating Trump, then I'd be like, Christy, get out. Right. You know, yeah. like, I'm not saying she has to have like a heads up even even fifty fifty. I mean like if she had like a real chance of it, you know, even one in ten. If she had a ten percent chance to stop Trump, I'd be like, Christy, get out. Gotta take this. Hmm. But I think it's such a long shot. And so unlikely. And I think there is a real downside of having Christie get out now, normalize Haley, and then having Haley go and just hop on side Team Trump. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Christie stays in, goes to the New Hampshire debate stage, and roasts Haley for, you know, uh, not roasts her, but, you know, like the, makes his Donald Trump is unfit argument doesn't endorse and then when he gets out then maybe we wind up getting him to endorse biden come the summer uh that you know how much does that help around the margins i don't know could that move five thousand votes in pennsylvania maybe maybe chris christie having done that could move five thousand voters in pennsylvania and you know what that might be important you know like i I could see that, and I'd rather roll the dice that way than yeah. roll the dice on. But if he stays in, Nikki goes from a one in a hundred to a two in a hundred chance. Yeah. So this is, I, I and I take that point, and I, I, I very well, I'll remember this, you know, because I'm going to choose a side. Like I'm choosing a side, which is that Christie should drop out, and I may look back and be like, that was the wrong. Like, I'm aware. Um, these are all so, marginal I mean, choices. It's but, not like but, one of these is determinative of who's going to win or lose in 2024, right? These are just like yeah. little things working for edges around the margins. And you're right that at some of this could be just comes down to some of my fundamental optimism because I'm, I'm like aware of this trap that of her endorsing him. Um, there's also, though, the potential for like if she goes the distance, right, she goes further and it depends on whether she plays to win or not. But if she starts She's really, never going to play to win. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I was pretty. I watched her on the. I've really been wrestling with this because I watched her on that. She did the Christian Broadcast Network. They've all been doing their sit downs with the guy there. DeSantis's was actually interesting because they asked him like what his one regret was, and his regret was that Trump got indicted because that you know took over the primary. And I, DeSantis. Stop making excuses for sucking. Like, just stop it. Uh, it's the mean Manhattan da. It's his fault. Yeah, it's your fault, bro. Just accept it, okay? Um, nobody also, did this to you. You did this to you, Ron DeSantis. How could Ron DeSantis or anybody else have possibly have known that Trump would have gotten indicted? 
<laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry. If you if you looked at this and you didn't think it was possible that Donald Trump was going to yeah. get indicted before the primaries, then what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. Um, and so Nikki was on, too. And this guy asked her twice about whether or not she would rule out. Very clear question. Will you rule out being Donald Trump's vice president? Which, incidentally, DeSantis has ruled it out. And she does this thing where she's like, I don't play for second. And this is offensive to ask. <laughs> but she does not say no. And I don't love it. Uh, and I think we did talk about this on the next level a little bit because the the way that Trump, this is where his lizard brain works so well. He just, he recognizes the thirst, right? And he's oh, able boy, to. does he see it. Yeah. He's able to say, oh, no, I like Nikki. Yeah, vice president. I'm not ruling that out either. Um before he defenestrates her, you know, after she drops out and endorses him and he, uh, whatever. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he gives her a position. I have no we'll idea. We'll see. There are a lot, you know, people are, uh, people are making some very strong, strong recommendations for who I should pick. And I'm looking at a lot of people. And I can yeah. tell you that when we make our final decision, you, people are going to be very, very happy with it. But <laughs> we'll see. And we'll see, uh, we'll see if people are nice to me or not. Yeah. Right? This know- is what he'll do. That's. Speaking of insurrections, there would be an insurrection from MAGA if he chose Nikki Haley. Like, I mean, he can't. How does she not understand that? I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know where these guys' blinders come from. Anyway, I do worry about Nikki. I don't think that she has proven herself. So I feel like I'm arguing myself out of it, but like, I'll just make my really quickly the main thing again, which is you get two shots to stop Trump. That's it. The primary and the general. I think the primary shot is over. That's about, I, I I was with you the whole way. I just don't think that there is. Again, I feel barring an asteroid. I get it. I don't think that door is open anymore. It's tough. This is I was tweeting about this last night that you know there's just that there's a tension for me between my analysis, which essentially agrees with you, and like my unyielding belief that we have to do everything we can to stop him. And that, like, anytime she's got a little momentum, I just, I can't stop myself from both rooting for her, but also being like, yes, yes, more of this, we got to do this. Any chance, any opening, any crack, I want to, I want to take it. Um, But I hear it. And it's not a crazy look, like with everything else. It's not a crazy judgment, right? You can see it both ways. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you haven't gotten it yet. But I have written a super duper optimistic newsletter to close out 2023, arguing, I'm just going to leave this here, that while it is clear we are heading into a moment of crisis in 2024, and that the form that this crisis may take or will take could be any of like a dozen different different things. It's going to manifest differently than maybe we can imagine, but something bad is is coming. Something wicked this way comes. Mm. But that we are heading into this moment actually on very good ground. And honestly, we're going to meet it on terrain that is as favorable to our side, meaning the side of like liberal democracy, as we could have realistically hoped for. Mm-hmm. You could paint any number of very plausible scenarios in which we would be walking into 2024 thinking, holy shit, the American experiment is over, right? If inflation was at 7%, 
if uh, sorry, if, if unemployment was at seven percent, if we were mired in recession, if we still had troops in Afghanistan, if uh, the Russians had taken Kiev in the first month, right? And any number of things you look at and you say, oh yeah, like you know, if Biden hadn't been able to pass any legislation, if it had just been sort of you know gridlock for three years, you look at it and say, yeah, we're totally fucked. But that's not the case. We we've we've got a very good economy. We no longer have troops in harm's way out there in the world. Uh, we have a president who are you pers- sure? I think most people think that Biden that we have troops in Israel that we're fight- <laughs> that we're fighting well, for I Netanyahu. <laughs> I I can't help what people think. I could just uh, just cap with the, the the real estate. Right? We have a guy who uh, who really did try to give the Republican Party space to rehabilitate itself if it had wanted to. Like he fed the good parts of the Republican Party, right? He was out there making deals with the Republicans who were willing to make deals, passed a bunch of popular stuff, uh, and has proven to have good political instincts for the most part. And maybe, like, could things be better? Things can always be better, right? No matter how good things are, things can always be better. But if we gotta, if we gotta meet this moment, I'm okay with the ground that we're going to be standing on. There, look at me. Look, look at, at me. You. Especially because yesterday's was really dark. Yeah, that's right. JV, it's like, it's like you have light and dark inside you. Hey, Sarah, do you know there's, there's actually more of the show? Oh, yeah. there is? How much more? There's more. so much more. All of the more. It goes on for hours. If people want to get the rest of the show, you, you know what they have to do, right? I think they have to go to Bullard Plus. Do they have to subscribe? What do they yes, have to do? Yes, they have to pay us money. Oh. Good. Pay that man his money. And go uh, to thebulwark.com and subscribe to become a member of Bulwark Plus. All the good stuff's on the other side. Bye. Bye.